Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is WWE Hall of Famer JBL, and you are listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. On this special edition of the Duke Loves Wrestling Podcast, we have the wrestling journeyman, Dusty Wolf, and his attorney wife, Brandy Wolf. They're going to be sharing some information about a fantastic nonprofit organization that they have put together that focuses on providing services to survivors of domestic violence. Wow. Strap yourselves in, folks. This is a heck of a conversation, and you're going to hear it right now. Hi, this is Dusty Wolf. Hi, this is Brandy Wolf, attorney at law. And everybody out there, we're listening to Law's Wrestling. Dusty and I have decided to start a nonprofit called the Women's Empowerment Legal Center. It is going to be an organization focused on domestic violence advocacy. We're going to provide protective orders, some legal work like divorces and custody cases for those coming out of domestic violence situations. And then we're also going to focus on helping survivors of domestic violence with financial literacy and and things like that. This is a, a pretty serious undertaking here that you folks are focused on. And, you know, we know that domestic violence is an issue that very few people in the world, if at all, are not affected by this. Just about everybody that I know knows someone, whether it be themselves or other loved ones, they know someone who is or has been affected by domestic violence. And that's an unfortunate statistic. So I tip my hat to you folks that this is something that you're putting your focus on right now. Uh, Dusty, you're a guy that for many years, decades, you're a pro wrestler. You've been a trainer. You've been a pro wrestling booker, an adjunct professor. You are a author. You worn many hats in your lifetime. Why this nonprofit and specifically why this population? Why are you getting into this? What, what is your motivation behind this? So there's a couple of motivations. One, this is such a passion of Brandy's that if I can help her, uh, I'm going to. Uh, that's the selfish reason. And then the public reason, the reason for others, is I've always hated bullies. Always. And that's what a, a domestic abuse is uh, growing up here in South Texas, I've seen a history uh, of domestic abuse. It's almost cultural with some of the folks in this direction. It's almost like it's, oh, I don't know, generational. In fact, it is with some folks. Um, And so many of those folks that we're talking about, they don't have options. 
And if we can help one here and there, which is truthfully the goal right now, instead of like reaching out and trying to change an entire community, if we can just change the trajectory of a few folks here and there, we've done a pretty damn good job. It can be tough for a lot of people to see adults go through what's essentially a form of bullying, you know, being marginalized, being beat up, picked on, targeted. It's one thing to deal with it when you're a kid, but as an adult to see that and to see other adults go through that, not a lot of people are speaking up because how do you do it? I mean, there's there's a, a, a particular type of trauma, especially for people who may have experienced some form of that as a young person. To encounter it as an adult is just a, a whole new ball of wax, so to speak. Because as an adult, just like a kid, the authority figure never sees the first punch. They see the second punch if the victim has enough courage to ever step up. And so, you know, the victim ends up being punished more than the, the bully so often. Um, as adults, this situation, there is no 100% protection. There is no 100% cure. But this ability to help starts that protection and starts that fighting back and starts, in some of the cases, hopefully, it starts building some confidence in these survivors, victims, whatever term we care to use. It starts building in them that confidence that they've never had in a lot of times because of generational BS. And that, that's all we can do is just reach out. Here we are. Let us help you. Brandy, you're an attorney. You, you've really dedicated your life to helping others. And in fact, that's something that through the years you and I have talked about a lot, just the fact that we both feel that our our purpose personally is to help others. And, you know, I commend you for that because that's it's really important. It takes a special type of person to be able to shoulder that burden. How much of your mission in life, your your life's purpose, how much of that is wrapped up into the decision to move forward and actually create and execute on this nonprofit? I had the legally blonde moment. Law school literally was, Dusty and I woke up one day, I looked across the bedroom and I said, I think I'm going to go to law school. And it was because I wanted to make a difference. I I was working at home. I was having just a normal marketing job day to day, but I did not feel like I was making a difference. And I feel like there's a part of me that is called to service the community. There's a part of me, I have privileges that many others don't. I am a survivor of domestic violence, but I got out because I have a job. I have independence. I have people surrounding me that empowered me. And when I passed the bar exam, my first job was with another nonprofit. And I, I worked with domestic violence survivors. And I saw, like Dustin mentioned, it's, generational. It's cyclical. It's just one big circle. These survivors, these women, these men, they don't have the support system that I myself had. 
they don't have basic confidence to believe that they're worth more than being beaten down, than being oppressed. And being abused and being oppressed doesn't just touch your relationship. It impacts your confidence to go to school, your ability to go out and learn how to have a bank account. You know, I'm seeing survivors and people that just don't have basic life skills because they have been beaten down. And I wanted to become an attorney strictly so I could go out and help. I never had a dream of being a million dollar boss babe attorney. I never had a dream of billboards or any of that stuff. I have always had a mission to be an attorney and as cliche as it sounds for the people to make a difference. And uh, I thought it would take a few more years to get there, but sometime about three or four months ago, earlier in the year, year, around spring break, I think uh, Dusty said, let's do it. We were on vacation. And as we were driving, he told me, There's no sense in waiting. You know what you need to do. You ran a business before. So on our road trip, we were filling out all the paperwork to create our, it's called a 501c3, which is nonprofit status. And we did it and we jumped into it and it's my purpose. I'm supposed to be doing this. Dusty is supposed to be doing this. You know, words matter. And I definitely picked up on something here, Brandy. You're using the word survivor instead of victim. And as somebody, you know, me personally, not only do I come from a background where, you know, unfortunately at a very young age, I saw domestic violence transitioning into an adult. You know, a good portion of my career has been spent working with survivors of domestic violence, survivors of violence in general. So this topic is very near and dear to my heart, and it's something that I don't play games with, you know, very serious about this. And I'm always listening out for authenticity when I talk to people about stuff like this. So talk to me about your word choice. Why have you chosen to to say survivor as opposed to victim? Because that's for me, that's a big deal. That lets me know, okay, these folks are, are legitimate here. They're getting a lot closer to where uh, we need to be, where we can talk serious, as opposed to someone who you're still not sure, uh, these folks for real? Are they playing games here? What's really going on? But uh, you, you're passing the smell test for me in a lot of ways, including your word choice. So, so talk to me more about that, please, Brandy. First of all, I want to say this is kind of a double-edged sword. When I came out of my previous marriage before Dusty, I did not use the word victim. Um, You know, I was a successful business owner. I ran my day-to-day life, but I could not look people in the eye. I, I could not make decisions. I could not have confident conversations. And I still would not call myself a victim. So I think first, some of these 
women, men need to come to terms with maybe the fact that they are a victim. My, my abuser would say things like, no one is going to believe you because you're so smart. No one is going to believe you because you're so successful. And th- almost like I was expected to not be a victim. Like I was so smart and I was just letting it happen. So I think the first step is maybe to say, yes, I'm a victim. And that's like hitting bottom and saying, yes, I'm a victim. But then when you hit bottom, what do you do? You bounce. And when you bounce, that's when you survive. You become a survivor. And I think the term survivor is so important because it can lead to to empowerment. I I had a boss that did not like the word empowerment. They said that focusing on safety and stability and just surviving was important. But I believe becoming a survivor and learning your value that that you learned something from that abusive and oppressive situation and you're not defined by the word victim for forever you are a victim, you were a victim, but then you're going to learn. And that learning and that growth and that being a survivor is so important. That's, that's what I want. I want to show women, men, binary, whoever you are, that you can fly you can change, you can be more, and you just need that little nudge. You need to be empowered. Survivor, victim is an important word, but we don't stay a victim very long. No, 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 no. You transition to that survivor. And that's what I want to help people with. Dusty, where primarily are you going to focus your services? Because we know, again, domestic violence is an issue all over the world certainly all over the United States of America. And I can't imagine that you're going to be able to help everyone in the nation. So where is your your focus area? What population are you able to reach uh, as soon as you can? Here in San Antonio, Bear County, and then spread out throughout Texas. Uh, concentrate South Texas in the beginning because it is where we're located. But Brandy's licensed to do anything she needs to in the state of Texas as far as the restraining orders, protective orders. Uh, that's what are the child's for, anything of that nature that these folks need. Uh, she can do it. But we're starting right here at home here in South Texas and San Antonio. So my, my next question here, either one of you can answer, but I am curious here because I know that someone listening is likely interested in your services or they know someone who could benefit from your services. So please walk me through the process. From the beginning, when someone is is reaching out all the way to the end, what does this look like? First, they need to contact Brandy because she can give them some of the legal ins and outs and some of the details that they need to address before they ever get started. I, you know, and she'll ask them some questions and lead them into what type of abuse, where the abuse has taken place and so forth. I'll let her go from there because she knows more of the details, but it all starts with contacting Brandy, whether it's through the website, whether it's a telephone call and just saying, I need help. 
And then we go from there. What happens is I assess if they need a protective order. I know there are going to be people listening to this that say a protective order is just a sheet of paper, blah, blah, blah. But I have seen, I have seen over the last year that having an order of protection does stop some of the abusers. They don't want to risk going to jail. And that's they all don't. you can reach out to and touch is something. Yeah. That's all you can do. And so they come to me, I get the protective order, and that means that the other person can no longer contact them. That means they can start over. That means they can start building their life. Uh, we also do divorces and custody cases. As long as CPS or drugs aren't involved, I will do a divorce or a custody case. And we are one thing we're hoping to do that some of the other legal aides aren't doing is I want to also start helping with financial literacy. How do these women go get a bank account? How do they go get their own apartments? Uh, how does financial aid and going back to school work? How does it work to get daycare? I want to start with the order of protection, the restraining order, wherever part of the country you're listening. It's called different things in different areas. And I want to sever that tie of abuse. And the thing is, if they've been abused for a while, getting out of it is tough. So having that protective order go both ways where there's no contact, allows me to almost reboot the survivor, like take their mind and, and maybe start teaching them, you are worth starting over. So we go protective order, and then we start with social services. Um, eventually, I would like to have a social worker or counselor on staff that will depend on what grants we get awarded this fall. But I think breaking that belief that they're not good enough after that initial protective order, that they're not good enough for a new life, breaking that belief and starting with some of the social aspects that got them there is so, so important. But contact me, women, uh, com, or email me, brandy at com, and, or call me, the phone number's on the website, and we start from there. You know, if this whole thing wasn't legitimate, I was fully prepared to really give you folks the business. You know what I mean? Because there's so many people out there who start organizations similar to this, and they don't have the professional credentials to do it. Whether they're bleeding hearts who think that they somehow, some way are going to change the world around them or whether they're people who are nefarious, who are just looking for a way to get some kind of money off of the suffering of others. I've seen a lot of terrible things. I really have. I've seen a lot of terrible things. And unfortunately, when you have people running organizations who either are not qualified to do the job or they did not intend to really do the job in the first place, and it's some kind of weird money grab. In the end, innocent people get lost in the shuffle. People who legitimately need services, other people who may legitimately just want to help, they get lost in the shuffle, and it's always heartbreaking to see that. 
So I was very curious about this when you first told me you're going to be launching this thing. And, and I did my research. And after talking to you and really paying attention to what you're providing, I tip my hat. I tip my hat to you. I mean, Brandy, you're an attorney. This is your wheelhouse. And I love the fact that you said that you folks are looking for other professionals to help with this, you know, to provide expertise that you may not be able to provide personally. That's what it's all about. That's the way to do it. That's how you set yourself up for long term success. And more importantly, that's how you set yourself up to be able to help people legitimately. So it's really something special what you folks have going on. And and again, I just tip my hat to you for it. Well, kind of to add to what you were talking about as far as, I don't know about, know about legitimate, but uh, definitely trying to help uh, and repeat a couple of things Brandy has said about it's not just getting some legal paperwork, but we've had we've lined some folks up that are going to help with if the victims, the survivors, the folks that need help are interested in the, the financial uh, education and just life skill education. We've already lined some folks up willing to help us there. Um, we've lined up a couple of folks that are willing to help us with uh, like physical training in the gym and mental, and, health. And mental health and how those two work together and uh, yoga, that sort of thing. Stuff that people don't think about when they look at all this because sometimes it's just that one little extra piece that makes all the difference. And you never know walking in which piece it might be for any person. So you, you want to try to have as much of it as you can. And that was part of what we've been lining up even before we start doing the paperwork. So hopefully if everything continues to go, we can reach out. We can help a few folks. That's the key. You know, you're not going to reach out and help everybody, but if you can help just that small number, that small number helps themselves. And that turn that ripple effect, that butterfly effect, that's, that's all you can hope for. I think that a lot of people talk about wanting to make a difference and they don't realize that even just taking small steps to impact your community is so, so important. You don't have to go to law school and go in all that debt and all of that to make a difference. I want everyone to see that, you know, Dusty's a professor and he talks about this stuff in his classrooms, but you know, he was a pro wrestler and his life didn't end at the ring. I want, you know, a lot of people listening are going to be wrestlers or wrestling fans or, or things of that nature. And you can step out of whatever box that maybe you've put yourself into and use either your platform or your life or whatever to just make a difference. If we all just decided to try to bring a little bit extra peace or stability or help to this world, uh, it would be a better place. I just just wanna help people feel safe and I wanna help people grow and I wanna help people just achieve whatever their their dream is and we can all play a part in that just just be good to people was that enough of a pageant answer i know that sounded kind of pageanty like i want world peace but she's not done yet she's still got one (laughs) but i 
I it, I do. I think we can all, it doesn't have to just be a nonprofit. It, we can all help. And another thing, if- I told you she's on a roll. I'm on a roll. If you see something, say something. Programs like mine can only help if people want to educate, communicate, and speak about it. One problem here in South Texas is that domestic violence is not talked about. It's a almost like a shadow pandemic or something. I've seen it called that before. Uh, talk about it. Don't be afraid to say something. Don't be afraid to refer someone to a group like mine. Don't be afraid to get involved. You know, this whole, oh, it's just a family issue. Let's not talk about it. No, let's all start talking about it. Let's all start making a difference. If someone is harming someone else's freedoms or ability to live their life, pay something, step up. Uh, abuse of any kind it is no good, whether it's mental, physical, financial. Say something. I warned you. We all play a role in that. Sorry, I kept going, but but that's, I just, there's so much, and I'm so passionate about this, and I thank you so much for having me, too. If you are a content creator and you want a great program that provides studio-quality sound, especially when you're doing interviews, then I encourage you to check out Zencaster. That's right, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R. It is my absolute favorite program to record with. I encourage everyone to check it out, okay? Visit Zencaster.com for more information. Enjoy. Be kind to yourselves and be kind to others. Take it away, Tony Schiavone. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're definitely out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.